Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove podcast. We continue our NFL preview, finalizing the last divisions we got to cover, and that is the West divisions of the AFC and the NFC. We're going to talk about win totals, fantasy impact, and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, and we are continuing our NFL coverage, our previews of the NFL this year, and we are concluding the divisions with the AFC and the NFC West divisions. Joining me as usual is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Looking forward to this to see if you're finally going to get maybe one right pick out of this. So. <laughs> well, Dad, it's been fun having you on the program. Uh, <laughs> no, we're allowed to get some wrong every now and then, but uh, I'm I'm very uh, confident maybe the right word uh, with my picks this year. I feel good about them. I'm sure I'll miss a couple, uh, but overall I'm happy with, with where we're at so far. We want to welcome in our listeners. Of course, we've got listeners live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Also welcome in our visitor, our listeners from the unhinged sports radio. Thank you for tuning in uh, today coming up right after us is Schwartz on Sports, so make sure you stay tuned for him if you're listening to Unhinged Radio. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, at Sports Stove, at Sports Stove, and that will give all the the latest and greatest uh, opinions and things there on social media, and uh, and happy to share. A lot of things happening, really, Dad. Uh, High school football starts up uh, here this weekend and, uh, I'll be, uh, part of the radio call in Jessamine County, Kentucky doing high school football there. So, uh, big games coming up. I've been working on, on the preparation for that and excited about that as well. But big news in the NFL today, the New York Jets, uh, suffered a major blow when Carl Lawson, their big free agent signing from Cincinnati, uh, tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles and uh, boy, that's that really hurts a team that we talked about earlier in the previous episodes. I think Carl Lawson was was a big piece of what the Jets were going to do this year. Um, you lose somebody like this. Uh, I mean, on top of the big free agent signing, a guy that's supposed to impact your team uh, this early on in the year. How do teams adjust to that? 
Well, I, you know, again, it's unfortunate. Unfortunate anybody gets hurt in the in the preseason or, um, you know, even in a practice type situation. But uh, injuries like that do happen, and um, you know, we have high hopes for the Jets. I hope they'll get better. Um, you know, I hope the new coach will be able to uh, get you know excitement among Jet fans. But this definitely doesn't help. No, it doesn't. And we'll talk about Robert Sala today uh, a little bit when we get to the 49ers. But um, it, it, you hate to see it. You hate to see it at any point in the year when a player's out for the season. But when a guy with this much hope and this much um, uh, brings so much to a new team goes down, it's just devastating nonetheless. We uh, were talking off air before we started the episode today about some fights going on in preseason and uh, the joint practices and things like that. It's all good, all good and fun as long as nobody gets injured in the fights. <laughs> Most of those fights are just uh, slapping somebody in a in a helmet that's just going to hurt your hand more than it's going to hurt him. But nonetheless, uh, plenty of excitement going around in uh, preseason and in the practices and things like that. Well, Dad, we have covered all of the NFL divisions with the exception of the West divisions, and so today that's what we're going to be looking at. And uh, we had a poll out uh, this week. If you were going to start an NFL team, which quarterback would you choose? And we we gave three options. We gave Justin Herbert from the Chargers, Trey Lance, the rookie for the 49ers, Kyler Murray, the uh, amazing athlete in Arizona. Uh, Dad, who would you take out of those three, Herbert, Lance, or Murray? I think I'd take Herbert. Why? Um, I mean, he was a little bit of a surprise last year, but he's just – I mean, he looks like he's ready to go. Uh, he, you know, he has everything you need. He can make the throws. He's got the size, and um, the way he performed last year um, as a rookie, um, I just think looking at it, um, he'd be my choice. Yeah, I'm all in on the Justin Herbert train. Um, I was not all in on him come draft time. Uh, I, I will not. I will not say that I was. I I wasn't really sure what Herbert was going to be in the NFL. But he's got the size. He's got the athletic uh, ability, the mobility there to move around. He's not going to run like Kyler Murray is, but he's still athletic as well, and he has proven that he's got some skills. It'll be exciting to see him in year two. We'll talk about him more in just a moment. Kyler Murray, I I thought he would get more votes than he did. Justin Herbert won the poll with 64%. Kyler Murray was second with 27%, and Trey Lance was third with 9%. Um, I really thought Kyler Murray would, would be closer. I personally uh, would say Herbert as well, but I thought it would be a close poll at the very least. It was not. Herbert ran away with it. Kyler Murray, we're going to see, we should see, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but we should see a big step up for him this year because of all the weapons that he has on his team. Um, and he provides so much help on the running aspect of the quarterback position as well. Trey Lance, he's the unknown, right? I think Trey Lance might be as good or better than both of these guys, but that is yet to be seen. And if I were starting a team right now, I as well would pick Justin Herbert to be my quarterback just because of the full package that he is. Um, He's a better passer than Murray, although Murray's not a bad passer. Um, and we're yet to see exactly what Trey Lance is. All right, Dad, let's go to the AFC. We're going to go there first, AFC West. We're going to start off a mile high in Denver, Colorado, and the Denver 
Broncos. They bring in a couple new additions this year. Teddy Bridgewater uh, becomes part of the quarterback competition, and Kyle Fuller, the defensive back, uh, comes over to to a much-needed help in the secondary for Denver. This Broncos team is got a lot of talent on this team. They've got a very deep wide receiver group, a very deep running back group, and a solid defense. There are some gaps or some weaknesses in the defense, but overall, it's a solid defense. And as it is true with most teams, when you look at the Broncos, you have to start at the quarterback position. And the question truly is, who is going to start at quarterback for the Broncos. So you look throughout the NFL, there are teams that have a competition going on, but generally speaking, you know who's going to start and you know who's who should start. You look at Chicago and you've got Dalton and Fields. Dalton is going to start the season, but I would argue Fields should, but nonetheless, Dalton's going to start the season. So you kind of know where that where that's going. Um, you look in Denver and th- this one's wide open. Drew Locke seems to be the guy in front just from the things that I've seen. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater still making it close. I think they would have more success with Bridgewater than with Drew Locke, but I'm not at the practices, and I could be way wrong on this. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, which way would you go with this quarterback position? Um, well, as far as experience, you got Bridgewater. Um, yeah, I, I, I assume he's come back fine from his injuries. I when he was in Minnesota, I thought he was really good. I was a little worried. I thought, wow, they've got a quarterback here. This is going to work. And then he had that bad injury um, <clears throat> and never really has come back from there. Drew Locke, I, I think, has potential. I think it's too early to say, oh, he's he's not going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, so I think in this case, in Denver, having an open competition is the way to go. The question will be when you have an open competition is, Whoever wins it, does he have enough security to be able to survive a rough game or a rough start, or is there going to be a short leash? I think one of the biggest problems with a quarterback competition is the wide receivers, the offensive line, they take sides in the competition. And a lot of times you're going to split the team where some of the team's going to want Bridgewater, some of the team's going to want Locke, and whoever wins, there are going to be guys that are playing on the field with that guy that didn't want him to be the quarterback. Um, whereas when you have a team like, um, I don't know, name any of them, the Chargers, where they've got a quarterback, they know who their quarterback is, there's no question about that. So everyone's on the same page. Um, you know, When you have that competition, there's always going to be those guys that are kind of wanting the other guy to be on the field. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater showed in New Orleans – in his five games that he played there or started there uh, when Breeze was injured, that he still has the ability to be an NFL quarterback. Now, last year uh, in Carolina, for whatever reason, it didn't work. Now, the team wasn't great. Christian McCaffrey was injured. Lots of things go into that. So I argue that Bridgewater has proven he has the abilities to win games and he should be the guy there. But like I said, I'm not there in practice. I don't know what the coaches have seen uh, with Drew Locke. I only have what I've seen on the field this last season, and I just didn't think it was that great. But they've got the weapons around them, right? They've got these receivers that are phenomenal. They've got Sutton. They've got Judy. uh, They've got K.J. Hamler. They've got these guys there, Noah Fan at tight end. They've got good running backs as well. So they've got the things in place that can help make the quarterback successful. The question is, does Denver have a quarterback that can be successful? Um, you talked about in our last episode that you would take Bridgewater over Jameis Winston. Would you take Drew Locke over Jameis Winston? Um, 
Yes. I, I'm not convinced that Jameis Winston is going to be a success <laughs> as a starting quarterback. I'm I'm not convinced of that yet. Winston's going to be eating them W's this year. But uh, nonetheless, we're talking about Denver, so let's stick with them. Uh, Vic Fangio, I said last year he might be on his last season. Um, he survived the offseason and is back this year. I think this team has to show drastic improvement for Vic Fangio to stay the head coach of this team. Do you think Vic Fangio is on the hot seat? Um, yes, I think he could be, but I think Denver's going to have a good year. I think, again, I don't know that Denver's one that's got a real short leash with the coach if Elway and everyone feels like, you know, he's got it going in the right direction. Now, if it really went in the tank, then yes, I think that would be the case. I, I don't know. I mean, it'd be great to make the playoffs. I don't know that they have to make the playoffs, but they have to really show potential. And again, if they can get the quarterback thing solved, I think they could do better than expected. Uh, let's talk about their fantasy impact and the players that they have uh, there. Let's go with uh, my fantasy studs is Sutton and Judy, the two wide receivers. And then I'm also going to go with Noah Fant, the tight end. Those are the guys that I think are locked to be good in fantasy this year. Um, they've got some other good players, but those are the, the three guys that I'm looking at, Sutton, Judy, and Noah Fant. Uh, your thoughts on fantasy players for Denver? Well, I think, you know, Fant is maybe the number one guy that's the safest from there. I think both wide receivers could be, but again, I think the question is who's going to be the quarterback and how is that going to work? I think they'd be strong at running back. Uh, always like Melvin Gordon. I can't believe he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. And um, with the rookie they have, Javante Williams, that could that could be a good one-two punch. We talked about a couple teams this year, um, rather than you know first running back and a second running back could really use both of them effectively, and they could there. You know, Melvin Gordon again had a lot of ability. I don't think he's done yet. It just depends again how they use him. But you're right, the wide receivers are really good. I think uh, Judy has a lot of potential, and Sutton has proved he's good again. The quarterback and you know, their whole system's going to depend on that. I think the defense will keep them in a lot of it. Yeah, I've got Melvin Gordon as one of my sleepers. He's going around the 30th to 31st running back overall, uh, which is way down the list. So so I've got him in there as a sleeper. Uh, K.J. Hamler's another sleeper I have. He's the third wide receiver. He's going to get some touches, though. He's very, very talented. Um, Javante Williams, I don't have him as – uh, um, a fantasy stud or a sleeper, but I do have them as him as a rookie to watch. He's going to get opportunities here as a rookie. I agree with you completely, and I think he's going to get be relatively productive for a rookie running back who's currently the number two on the depth chart. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities this year as well. Denver's win total is at seven and a half games. Uh, you going over or under seven and a half for Denver? Um, I think I'd have to go under, but but seven. I'm going under as well. I'm not going to give you my win prediction, but it's it's more than it's less than seven. <laughs> so I just I, I don't know that I feel confident. Originally going through their schedule, I came up with four wins for Denver. Uh, I'm not sure that they'll be that bad, but uh, nonetheless, they are not going to be great this year. And I've got them under seven and a half as well. Let's get on to the Chargers. The Chargers bring in Jared Cook, the tight end, Corey Lindsley the center, Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. in the draft, which I thought were phenomenal picks for the Chargers um, as well. they got a brand-new coach this year. They've got a better offensive line, a great defense. 
I do not love their wide receiver depth or their running back depth. So that means if they stay healthy, they're going to be successful. If they get injured, there's going to be some major problems. If Keenan Allen goes down, they're in trouble. If Austin Eckler goes down, they're in trouble. If Justin Herbert goes down, they're in big trouble. So there's not a lot of great depth on this team. But as far as the starters go, they might be one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, so, Dad, a team that had a lot of success on offense last year brings in a whole new head coach, a whole new offensive coordinator. How is that going to affect Justin Herbert in year two? When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Um, again, I think with him just being in his second year, I don't think it'll be uh, maybe as big a deal as if he'd been there entrenched in a system. I mean, I think everybody um, you know, will be able to adjust. A lot of the good players are fairly new. Not all of them are, but they may be new to Los Angeles. So um, I, I think I think there'll be a lot of excitement, and I think this team should be really good. Yeah, I think if the Chiefs weren't in the division, you'd be talking a lot more about the Chargers than you are. But when you got Patrick Mahomes in the division, it kind of takes some of the shine off of them, which can be a good thing for a team to not be that exp the expectation being quite as high. When it comes to fantasy football for the Chargers, I've got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler as the three guys that I think are fantasy locks. Uh, to produce and produce well for you. Austin Eckler is not that sexy name, but he is a guy that has consistently contributed in fantasy football. Even when Melvin Gordon was there, Eckler was still getting his points and his touches. So that's where I'm kind of looking at fantasy-wise with the Chargers. What are your thoughts? Uh, again, I, I think Herbert is going to be a very solid quarterback, and I think when you're depending, you know, if you can't get one of the top two or three, I think he's going to go pretty high in some leagues. Uh, Eckler is ranked pretty high in the running backs. Um, I think somebody you can count on. Of course, Allen's a definite wide receiver. And, um, you know, it's funny, Cook has bounced around with a lot of teams, but um, he's always good. I mean, he can catch the ball. He's a big target. And, um, you know, again, for a second tight end or down the line, I think he's good to look at. 
Yeah, I can see that for sure. When it comes to sleepers, I actually have the backup tight end, Donald Donald Parham uh, Jr. as a guy to watch for as a sleeper. Uh, He was a rookie last year, only had 20 targets last season, but I expect that to go up this year. And even though they brought in Jared Cook, I think they're always kind of looking to the future as well and trying to get the new guys involved. So him and then the wide receiver, Jalen Guyton, is another guy that I have as a sleeper. Um, I, I'm not huge after Keenan Allen. I don't love the chargers wide receivers, uh, especially for fantasy football, but I think Guyton's a guy that might get more touches this year as well. Win total in Los Angeles is nine wins over or under nine wins for the chargers over. I think they'll go over that 10 or 11 should easily. Yeah. I think easily over nine. I was surprised to see the number at nine. Now, again, they are in trouble if they get hurt. So as long as they stay healthy, Getting over that nine wins should not be a problem for them. All right, let's get down to the Kansas City Chiefs. They uh, bring in some offensive line help with Orlando Brown and Joe Thune in the offseason. Of course, they lost some uh, offensive linemen and replaced them, or in my opinion, upgraded them as well. This offense for Kansas City is is great. There's just no question about it. They're phenomenal. The offensive line is seven to eight starters deep. They've got guys on their bench they could easily jump in and start and have no problem. Actually, Dad, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Kansas City rookie, Trey Smith from Tennessee, is actually currently number one on the depth chart uh, over the Canadian doctor that, uh, that that sat out last year to help uh, with COVID. And I can't say his name properly, and I apologize to all Kansas City fans. Um, but nonetheless, the rookie, Trey Smith, who was a phenomenal high school player, um, we kind of watched him coming through high school. And then in college, he had some health issues and some different things, but ultimately was a phenomenal talent. He's actually in the starting lineup right now for Kansas City. Right. So you add a guy, uh, Duvernay, or not Duvernay, I forget the guy's name, but um, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Uh, you put him on coming off the bench. You've got other guys that have started other places coming off the bench as well. An incredibly deep offensive line for Kansas City. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, he has to step it up this year. He has to prove his worth and be a consistent back. He was not consistent last year. Needs to be a consistent back this year. McCall Hardman is the other guy, the wide receiver. There was a lot of potential, a lot of hope for him. He's a flashy athlete, yet he's not been able to contribute as a wide receiver consistently. Now's his time to do so with Sammy Watkins gone. They need him to step up as well. The one area of concern that I have for Kansas City is the cornerbacks on defense. They're just not great. Um, they, they don't have much experience or at least much productivity uh, so far. And so that one scares me for Kansas City. They should be the best team in the AFC. Do you think they will be the best team in the AFC? Uh, yes. I, I mean, I think they will. They have a lot of talent. But what I like, what they did at Kansas City um, was, you know, they didn't stay stagnant. They made some moves. They weren't scared to make moves. It was funny. We talked in the last um, episode, I guess it was, about Tampa Bay. And, boy, they've got everybody back, and that's great. But, you know, you, when you, sometimes that can get stale, or if you don't get better, uh, you're going to get worse. Kansas City, I think, did not sit there and just say, okay, boy, we, were, we are almost there. We've been dominant the last two years. We'll just keep everything status quo. Uh, they went out and shook it up a little bit, but like you said, I think they upgraded. Obviously, um, Andy Reid, people there know what they're doing with personnel, and um, they they should be the best team in the AFC. When it comes to fantasy football, the Kansas City Chiefs have a number of people you can look at, but I've got three: Patrick Mahomes or four, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, 
Travis Kelsey, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well, I think are all locks to, to be contributors in fantasy football. Right now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going between 12 and 15 in running backs. Um, so there's there's everybody a little burned on him last year that drafted him early. Uh, so you might be able to get really good value for him this year, but I think he's going to be solid. Your thoughts on Kansas City fantasy value? Well, again, you know, they've, they've got some guys at the top of the list. Um, they've really got the top three guys, the trifecta. They've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got Travis Kelsey. And they got Harrison Butker, the kicker. I mean, I always have to get a kicker in there. Oh I knew you'd be disappointed if I did. Now let's put Tyreek Hill up there. That would probably be better. But uh, Butker is a good kicker, by the way. Um, and then, um, again, Hilaire. So I think those are the top guys. Um, again, I think Kansas City is one of those teams you'll watch in the first couple of weeks fantasy-wise and see, boy, is there somebody else contributing Um you know, is there somebody, you know, another wide receiver, um, you know, tight end, where's that going to go? So, um, but th- those are definitely the top guys. Yeah, wide receiver is the one to watch for. The sleeper I have is Demarcus Robinson. He's currently going as the 104th wide receiver, and uh, that's way down the list. So, McCall Hardman is the guy that should be the guy. But like I said, we haven't seen proof from him yet that he can do it consistently. He's been a big play guy where – once every four weeks, he'll catch an 85-yard touchdown pass. But then the other three weeks, he's doing nothing. So uh, I think Demarcus Robinson will show some consistency, and he's the guy to watch for as far as a sleeper pick for Kansas City. Their win total is set at 12 wins. Do you go over or under 12 wins for Kansas City? Um, I'd say over, just maybe one or so, or be right at 12. Yeah, I've got them at 13. Uh, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't get to 13. Again, barring major injury of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, I think I think 13 is a reasonable number. And I think a lot of that falls into the fact that the Raiders and the Broncos aren't great. The Broncos have a good defense, but um, the Raiders and the Broncos aren't great. So that's going to help them in the division. And then the rest of their schedule lines up, I think, nicely for them as well. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders... They bring in a few new guys as well. Kenyon Drake, the running back, Casey Hayward, the cornerback, and Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive lineman slash edge rusher. Um, Dad, this might be a weird question, but can John Gruden still coach? Um, You know, I like John Gruden. I wish he'd be successful. Um, I think it'd be good, you know, for football and the NFL. He'd always be fun to watch. I don't know. I'm not real sure he's going to make it as a head coach. I think he has all the motivation he needs. We all know he has a career outside of being a head coach and a very good career from there. So um, I I don't think this is going to be a banner year for him, whether he'll survive that and whether he'll want to keep going. um, I think he'll want to be successful. Um, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's not a guy that knows too much more about football than he does. But uh, I don't know if it's, at this stage he's going to be able to translate. You know, he might know some things about football, especially offensive play calling and things like that. He doesn't really know personnel. At least he doesn't appear to from some of the draft decisions they've made. And he's obviously been very influential with that. They always reach for guys, take guys far earlier than they need to. It's the guys they want, so they go out and get them. I guess you can't blame them for that, but 
at some point the product on the field has to match it and and it has matched it with not getting to where it's supposed to be so um i i really love the quarterback in car i think he's a very very good quarterback and in the right situation could be a top 10 quarterback in the nfl I'm not sure that this team is going to get there. Josh Jacobs, the running back, they haven't just given him the ball and let him go with it. Uh, Waller, the tight end, has been phenomenal. Henry Ruggs was injured off and on throughout the season but showed flashes of uh, great potential as a young wide receiver. They have an average offensive line and an underperforming defense. This team, to me, is in shambles, and I think a lot of it falls on the coach and John Gruden. I don't think his personality, his – methods work anymore in the NFL with adult men. Now, I think if he was a college coach, it might be different. But to me, it's just not working for him here in Vegas. I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. And I see this being a down year again for the Raiders. And the question is, what do you do then? Because Gruden's contract, it's ridiculous. And uh, they don't really want to fire him because of all the money they got to pay him. So you kind of got to hold out and just wait out the whole John Gruden experience and see how it goes. When it comes to fantasy football, the studs that I have, Josh Jacobs at running back, hopefully Kenyon Drake doesn't ruin that for us. Uh, Darren Waller at tight end, and then Henry Ruggs at wide receiver. The three guys I'm really looking for to be uh, above average fantasy football players this year. Your thoughts on fantasy players for the Raiders? Well, again, Jacobs highly ranked, and he should be, but it will be interesting to see where Drake falls into that. Walker, definite one of the top tight ends. Uh, and they should use the tight end a lot there. Um, Henry Ruggs, um, I really liked him coming out. Um, again, I think he's got to develop, but, boy, he's got the speed. And um, he could be a top wide receiver. He's going to have to develop there. Uh, part of the question probably quarterback. Um, I like Carr, but the, does Gruden like Carr? Um, is he going to commit? Is he going to stay with him? I think he's good enough. Uh, to win, but you know, where's that going to go? Well, you know, that's a conversation that's been going on for three years now. Derek Carr is not going to lose the starting job. Marcus Mariota is not going to replace him. Derek Carr is the starter and will be all season long, just with the only exception of injury. That's not going to change. Um, Derek Carr is, is a legit NFL quarterback. If you listen to what the receivers say about him, they absolutely love him. And, and there's no question in my mind that he is the starter fully. Um, and for whatever reason, Gruden doesn't come out and say it publicly. But from what I understand, from what I've heard from the players speaking, is there's no question in the locker room who their starting quarterback is. And actually, Carr and Gruden get along uh, behind the scenes. But for whatever reason, they it's a public persona that doesn't seem to be there. The big difference is, is Gruden is a cusser and loud and yelling, and Carr is a calmer, uh, more um, conservative kind of guy than Gruden. So that personality is definitely different. But Carr is the guy there. I have Carr as my sleeper. He's been going around number 26 in quarterbacks. Uh, If Derek Carr is your quarterback and you get him late in the draft, you're going to be perfectly fine with that. Um, Henry Ruggs, like we talked about, Dad, he's the only number one receiver in Vegas. He's the guy. Uh, He has to produce, and I think that he will as long as he stays healthy. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders win total is eight wins. Do you go over or under eight wins for the Las Vegas Raiders? Under. Under. I I think they're going to have trouble this year. 
Yeah, I'm going under as well. Uh, the way I have it shaken out is Kansas City, then the Chargers, then the Raiders, and the Broncos fourth. Uh, but the Broncos and Raiders, not much separates them. How do you have the division breaking out? I have Kansas City, the Chargers, and I just have a gut feeling that, um, and I, I think they're very close, like you said, but I have Denver first and then the Chargers, or then the Raiders. Yeah, so, okay. So Denver third and the Raiders last yeah. in the division. So that's the AFC West division. And before we get to the NFC West, we want to quickly uh, mention our sponsors, Yeti Coolers and Skull Candy. If you are listening to the podcast version of this episode, you'll find links in the podcast notes for both of those companies. Yeti Coolers has just come out with a retro cooler going back to the basics getting back to everything there. And if you like throwbacks, you'll love this retro Yeti cooler. You can find it through the link provided on the podcast notes uh, or in the video uh, descriptions on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook as well. Skull Candy, all kinds of great products to enhance your listening experience. Um, I'm wearing my Skull Candy headphones right now. The sound quality is great. Um, they've got the, the true wireless They've got uh, these great Evo headphones, all kinds of stuff for very affordable prices. Top, top name brand, Skull Candy. So make sure you visit the link, use the link in the podcast notes or the video descriptions, and uh, and make sure you go there. If you're listening to us on Unhinged Radio, I encourage you to go to wherever you regularly listen to podcasts, subscribe to the Sports Stove Podcast, and there you'll be able to consistently find the links for Yeti Coolers and Skull Candy. We also want to mention our local sponsor, IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. If you live in Central Kentucky and you're having pest problems, make sure you visit myipm.com. That's myipm.com and talk to the friendly professionals at IPM Pest and Termite. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right, back to the NFC West now, Dan. Uh, I think this is the best division in the NFL right now. And the AFC East is good. The NFC West, top to bottom, is crazy good, in my opinion. Do you think this is the best division in football? Um, it, it, it would be very close. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So um, I think so. Again, you know, we talked about um, the AFC North being pretty solid in some ways. Yeah. But, um, I think a lot of it is, is, is pretty um, even, but yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of good teams here and they could be very good. Yeah, I agree as well. I think the AFC North is good, but just top to bottom to me, the worst team in the NFC West is far better than the worst team in the AFC North, at least in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a great, great conference. We got the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Rams and the Seahawks. And, uh, we're going to start off with the Arizona Cardinals here. And, uh, they had some interesting additions this year. AJ green comes over from Cincinnati. Uh, JJ Watt comes over from Houston 
And then you've got other guys, James Conner from Pittsburgh. Rodney uh, Hudson comes over from Vegas to help on the offensive line. Malcolm Butler comes in from Tennessee to help on defensive backs as they lost Patrick Patterson or let him go this year as well. Uh, I think the Cardinals had a great draft. They got Rondell Moore, the wide receiver, Zayvon Collins, the linebacker. Um, and I think it's just absolutely a, a wonderful top draft for, for Arizona. Um, I have a question about who's going to get the majority of the running back touches. You bring James Conner in, and he's obviously a talented running back. He had a really bad offensive line in Pittsburgh last season, so it didn't look good, but he's still a good running back. Of course, you got Edmonds there as well. To me, the Cardinals have a window, and it's a small window. Although Kyler Murray is young, this group that they have together right now, as talented as they are, there's some aging guys on it. So they've got kind of like a two-year window, I think, to hit it with these guys uh, to break through. And I'm not sure if they're going to do it or not this year. You know, can, um, can an unsuccessful college coach have a successful pro career? Uh, we're waiting to find that out exactly. What do you think about the Cardinals this year? Um, I Again, I think they could be improved. You're right. The window is probably small. I was very surprised that the coach, you know, that the Arizona did as well as they did last year. I was surprised with Kyler Murray, mainly just because of his size. I was, I was surprised at that. So they both look like they're ready to go. Arizona, there's going to be a lot of excitement with the fans. And I think Arizona, to me, is going to be a very good team and very strong in that division. Yeah, they are going to be competitive. There's no doubt about that. And like I said, the offensive talent that's around Kyler Murray, you've got A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. You get these guys here. I still question that offensive line. They they made an upgrade with Hudson, but that's only one spot on a five-man offensive line. They need to make sure they protect. I think they undervalue the offensive line because Kyler Murray is so mobile and able to get around guys, and that could come back to hurt them as well. When it comes to fantasy studs, I only have two. Now, I think there are guys, again, that you can you can use in fantasy that go beyond these two guys. But as far as just uh, solid locks that they're going to be guaranteed to be great in fantasy football, it's Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Those are the two guys that I'm looking at as far as um, must-gets from Arizona. Your thoughts on fantasy uh, guys there in Arizona? Those were definitely the two best guys. And like I said, I think they are locks. You know they'll do well uh, fantasy-wise. I think Connor could be real good. Like you said, he was real good in Pittsburgh. And I think, you know, he, he could be, you know, really good, better than average. Um, interesting to see with A.J. Green. Um, I've always really liked him. be interesting to see. Maybe he'll get um, rejuvenated a little bit out there in Arizona. And, again, he's a guy that can catch the ball, a guy you can depend on um, as far as – uh, sleepers or I guess rookies, you know, I'm interested with Rondale Moore. I looked a lot at the draft and he was a guy that was pretty high ranked, you know, as we were looking at the Packers wanting to take wide receivers, he was a name to come up a lot. And, um, you know, he might jump up there. Pressure won't be on him. Um, he, so he could really be good. Yeah, it was interesting. James Conner has been taken as the number around late thirties in running backs, um, in fantasy football, he's going behind Chase Edmonds as Edmonds is technically the starter. I, I could see Connor. I'd be more comfortable with Connor than Edmonds on a fantasy team. I'm probably avoiding both of them, to be honest with you. 
but I, I have a little bit more confidence that Connor, Connor is going to produce than Edmonds. Uh, Christian Kirk is interesting, too, because I really like Christian Kirk, but you bring in A.J. Green, you draft Rondell Moore, it's going to have to cut somebody out, and Christian Kirk's the guy. Um, how are they going to use A.J. Green is is a big, big question because he's he's incredibly tall and lanky. So you get him down in the red zone, he's an obvious target for, for the end zone. So maybe he, he gets some uh, red zone touchdowns, and that's going to bolster his fantasy value. To me, I still like Christian Kirk better, and he's going undrafted. Nobody's picking Christian Kirk this year. So if you get to the last two picks of your fantasy draft, it may not hurt to take a flyer on Christian Kirk because, to me, he's more of an all-around receiver as it sits today than A.J. Green. A.J. Green in his prime by far better than Christian Kirk. But as it sits today and as the offense flows, I think Christian Kirk is still a guy to watch. Rondell Moore is the rookie I've got an eye on as well. And uh, be interested to see how they decide to, to use him in the offense, how they, they try to get him involved. Um, uh, and, you know, because there are teams, when you have as much talent as Arizona has, they have to specifically plan to get some guys involved here and there. So maybe Rondell Moore gets some of those jet sweeps, some of those more athletic screens, those kinds of things. Give him the ball early, let him do something with it, and turn it into something. He's definitely a rookie to watch. Arizona's win total this year is at eight wins. It is the lowest win total in the NFC West, eight wins. Uh, do you think they go over or under this year in Arizona? Oh, I think they'll go well over eight wins. I think they will. Uh, it's interesting, though, as you read, there are a lot of people that are not high on Arizona, and they think they'll go down. I don't understand that at all. I think they'll be over eight wins. Yeah, I think they could get over eight wins as well. I've got them actually closer to 11 wins. Um, but uh, this division is so tough, and they're going to beat each other up along the way. Can they overcome some of these division foes? That's really what it comes down to for Arizona. It's the division games. Now, outside of the, the division, they should have some success. But six games against the 49ers, the Rams, and the Seahawks, those six games are going to be incredibly hard for Arizona. So can they overcome that? Can they get some wins off of that? That is the question. I think they go over. Dad thinks they go over. So we've got high hopes for the Cardinals uh, this year in Arizona. All right, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. They didn't make any big free agent additions, but their draft brought in some pretty interesting people, including Trey Lance, the quarterback. Uh, how many games... Is Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, going to start for the 49ers this year? Um, if they're going to do well, not very many. That's what <laughs> I think. So I, I don't – unless they're going to make a commitment to just have uh, Lawrence sit for the year and to learn, and then, um, you know, they'll do something with Garoppolo in the offseason. But unless they're committed that way – and, uh, you know, now the deal is, boy, rookie quarterback, throw them in and let them play. A few years ago, it was, hey, you know, let them sit for a year or so, learn and get ready. So it really depends which way they, they what they're planning on doing. But if it's going to be a competition and it's open, then, um, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see how Lance does here in the preseason. Yeah, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start zero games this year. Trey Lance will start week one in San Francisco. 
Um, I think it's just that's where it is. San Francisco has been very upfront with Jimmy Garoppolo that he's not their guy. They've said that since they pretty much since since they've had him. They've always told him, hey, you could do better. We could do better. You're what we have, so we're going to go with you right now. But we're not confident in you, Jimmy, even though we went to a Super Bowl with you, uh, which is smart, right? Because the Bears went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, and he wasn't the guy. Uh, Kyle Orton wasn't the guy. They were both there at the time. So it's smart to understand what you have. Trey Lance, I think, is going to start week one in the NFL, and he's going to play all season uh, there. And I just, I think it's just going to be that point where he plays so well in the preseason he controls things so well in practices that the team is going to get behind Trey Lance, and ultimately he's going to be the quarterback. Um, the 49ers, their biggest losses came on their staff this year. They lose their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. He goes to the Jets as the head coach. Um, Mike LaFleur, the assistant offensive coordinator to uh, uh, the head coach there, he goes with Salah to New York as well. So they lose some important pieces of their staff. So that's going to, my question really comes on the defensive side of the ball uh, as they lose some players there too. And they're still really good on defense though. Does the new defensive coordinator, is he able to pick up where they left off at and continue to be impressive there uh, as well? Let's look at fantasy football, dad, with the 49ers. Uh, fantasy studs this year. I'm including Trey Lance because I think he starts and I think he's going to score a lot of fantasy points this year. One of the reasons why he would score a lot of fantasy points is Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Kip. You put these three guys on an offense and on the field at the same time, there's all kinds of opportunity. Brandon Ayuk had a good rookie season and kind of an under-the-radar rookie season. He's going to be great this year. Debo Samuel continues to improve. He's going to be really good this year. And, of course, Kittle, he's one of the top tight ends and uh, and definitely a great target there for a young quarterback to target as well. So I'm going all in that Trey Lance is going to start. Uh, I know you're not with me on that, but nonetheless, your thoughts, fantasy reasons, fantasy players for the 49ers. Well, definitely Kittle is the best guy. And I hope you're right about Lawrence. I mean, I'd be great with him doing good, no question. Lance. I'm sorry, yes. But um, I, I hope, you know, I, I hope he does extremely well. Um, it'd be, you know, great to watch. And, again, it'd be good for the 49ers. And then they do have good wide receivers um, from there. So, and they have, you know, they have running backs, have a good defense. So uh, they could do well. Yeah, my sleeper is Raheem Mostert, the running back. Um, I think that he's going to have a good season as well. I think he's going to get the majority of touches, although they've shared the ball a lot in San Francisco. That brings us to our rookies. You've got, of course, got Trey Lance, but also Trey Sermon, the running back from Ohio State, uh, is there as well and is going to get opportunities to help out Mostert in the backfield. And so I think Sermon's a guy to watch when it comes to rookies. Uh, this year and specifically in fantasy football as well. The 49ers, they've had some really good seasons as of late. They were in the Super Bowl not too long ago. Dad, their win total is at 10 games. Are you going over or under 10 games for San Francisco? Um, I think they'll have a good season, but I think they'll be under 10 games. I think more like eight or nine. Wow. So I'm going over. Uh, I, uh, I'm going over 10 games. I think San Francisco wins the division. Um, I just, I, I think they're, they're well coached and they've got a lot of talent on that team. You look at that defense, they are stacked and that can carry them a long way. The defense is what sets them apart in the division over Arizona, over the Rams and over the Seahawks. 
ultimately. And I, like I said, I think Trey Lance plays the whole season, and uh, there's going to be enough there that it's going to give them the win in the division. That brings us to the Los Angeles Rams, maybe the biggest addition in the offseason with Matthew Stafford coming to Los Angeles and maybe addition by subtraction by getting rid of Jared Goff as well. Uh, they add Deshaun Jackson uh, as well. I don't think he's going to be super integral in their offense, but a good person to have around as well. Um, this is the most talent that Matthew Stafford has ever played with as a whole. He had, of course, uh, the Hall of Famer and Megatron. But uh, so I'm not saying that anyone on this team is better than Calvin Johnson. But as a whole, this team is more talented than any team that Matt Stafford has ever played with. And if you go look at the numbers, Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback. So now you give him the weapons. I expect good things to come from it. The Rams do not have great running back depth. Cam Akers gets injured. He's out for the season. Uh, so the running back depth is is very questionable in Los Angeles right now. The defense should be good. Um, they've got some phenomenal players. They've got two of the top three, four defensive players in the NFL right now with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And uh, so the defense is going to be stacked again this year. Uh, Dad, do you have high hopes for the Rams or do you think they're going to underachieve this year? Uh, I have high hopes. I don't. I think they got a great defense, like you said, and I think Matthew Stafford is going to make the difference. I think, like you said, this is the best group he's had around him. There is a definite question at running back. It'd be interesting to see if they can get anyone else that can come in and help and produce there. But otherwise, Stafford's got weapons. They've got a great defense. I think they have a very good coach. And um, I, I think the Rams will do real well, and I have them winning the division. Matt Stafford might be the MVP this year. I mean, he's going to put up numbers, and uh, and if and if the Rams could put wins on the board along with his passing numbers, it just makes sense. He's the story, right, this year. Oh, Matt Stafford, he's had this great career. He's had these great stats. Now he's got a winning team. MVP, Matt Stafford, book it. Um, fantasy players for the Rams. I've got three of them, Stafford woods and cup. So two wide receivers and a quarterback for the Rams. So those are the guys I'm really saying. Those guys are locks for this season. Um, I've got a sleeper in van Jefferson, another wide receiver, and then a rookie to watch for in two, two Atwell, another wide receiver. Uh, so a lot of wide receivers going to get, get a lot of fun this year. Your thoughts on fantasy players for the Rams. I think the guy to add to your list would be the tight end, Higby. Um, I think they'll use the tight end, and I think he's good. And um, I think he'd be the other guy to add in with who you said. And, again, when it comes to picking defense, I think you're going to look at that pretty quick. You consider Higby to be a stud or a sleeper? Um, I think he'd be one. After the top three or four tight ends, he'd be one you have to look at. All right, so we're going to have a tight end conversation next week at some point, either Tuesday or Thursday. I'm not real sure which one yet, but we're going to talk tight ends because I'm I'm way off on people's tight end rankings this year in fantasy football. I don't get it. They're all saying TJ Hawkinson's a top three tight end and all this stuff. Now you're saying Higby's a top four or five tight end. I don't get it. But anyways, that's fine. Maybe he produces. Maybe he's fine. Maybe Matthew Stafford makes it work for him. I'm not big on Higby. Um, not to say that he's not going to get catches, not going to get some touchdowns and things, but overall, I don't think the tight end position is a strong tight end uh, for the Rams this year. So I'm kind of I'm staying away from him. But Dad, you can draft him, so I don't have to stare at him 
there in the draft. The win total is at 10.5. You said the Rams are going to win the division, so I'm guessing you mean they go over 10.5. Would that be true? Yes, yes. I'd say more like 12. All right, so I've got them over as well. I've got them at 11 wins, which is still second place in the division. Uh, but I think they're going to be really good. They're a dangerous team. I think there's going to be some hiccups along the way. But I, I think overall, this is a really good team and a team that's going to be fun to watch. And uh, now that Stafford's not on the Lions, I can finally cheer for him and excited to see what he's going to do this year in L.A. That brings us to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, not a lot of additions for them this year either. They bring in Gabe Jackson on the offensive line, and they bring in the tight end from the Rams, Garrett Everett, or excuse me, Gerald Everett. Um, man, this Seahawks team is interesting. Uh, Russ can cook. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback. He's proven that over and over and over again. But he's complained about not being able to get the help that he that he needs. Now, he's got some great wide receivers and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and so those connections should continue. You add in Gerald Everett, that should help there as well. This is a well-balanced team, a team that at one time, when they were in the Super Bowl, had a phenomenal defense, but over the years, that has been gutted, and it's not been what it once was. Now they're back to having a relatively balanced team, a, a good defense, not a great defense, but a good defense. Um, I'm not real sure about their cornerbacks. I'm not sure if they have the depth there that they need, especially in a, in a division that's going to have the Cardinals throwing all over the place, the Rams throwing all over the place, and ultimately, I think the 49ers throwing all over the place. So that's going to hurt them. But this is a team that is probably more balanced than it's been in several years. Russell Wilson is phenomenal. Um, I think Pete Carroll might be ending his time in Seattle within the next two, maybe three years. Because I think the Seahawks are going to decline as the rest of the division is going up. What are your thoughts on Seattle this year? I would agree. I think that, that Seattle has slipped a little bit, and I think they're going to slip more uh, this year. I think with Pete Carroll, I don't think it's quite like Gruden where time has passed him by, but I think his style, while it worked really good at one time, but maybe it's because he had a lot of superstars um, the fact of, of, you know, not being as disciplined and everything, I'm not sure that's going to work. Be interesting to see with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, there wasn't quite as much publicity about him, obviously, as Aaron Rodgers. But again, he wasn't happy with the way some of the things were done. There was a lot of question I've heard about um, play calling and everything. Do they use Russell Wilson like they could? Um, you know, do they use him to the best of his ability? And, you know, again, he's had a question about the help and everything. So I um, don't know if he was really, you know, uh, unhappy or just, you know, trying to, you know, help things solidify his <laughs> there. But um, I, I I don't think Seahawks are going to be headed up. He was unhappy. But the difference is, is they've been able to mend things there, at least to the point where he's come out publicly and said, I want to stay in Seattle the rest of my career. I am a Seahawk. I will be a Seahawk. Whereas Rogers says, let's see how the year goes and we'll deal with the next year, next year. <laughs> so, so that's the big difference there. Uh, fantasy football players in Seattle. I have Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think all four of those guys are solidly guys to have in the top of your team. Uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end I have as a sleeper. He's currently ranked number 22 in tight ends. I think they'll use him plenty and he'll get some good catches and be a guy worth having on your team. Who are the fantasy players you're looking at in Seattle? 
Well, again, you know, you got Russell Wilson. I think you're right. The two wide receivers are there. I'm not sure Carson is one of the top running backs, but definitely he's a guy um, as you need a running back. You know, if he's there, then he's going to be a help um, from there. But they've had running back trouble in the last couple of years. And uh, I don't know sure if he's the answer, but um, the guys you mentioned, I mean, I, I think that's where you're at looking at Seattle, but really outside of Russell Wilson and um, probably both both wide receivers, definitely Metcalf is really highly ranked. Um, after that, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not a big Seahawks fan, so I don't usually take a lot of them. <laughs> um, Lockett's going to be your PPR guy. He's going to catch a lot of passes. Uh, Metcalf's probably going to get more touchdowns than Lockett, but nonetheless, I think they're both going to be successful. Chris Carson's a guy that we're going to probably talk about when we talk about draft strategies and fantasy football, because if you go running back early, then you're probably not going to end up with Chris Carson. But if you go other positions early and then you, and then you get Chris Carson, you're pretty happy with what you have at running back along with the other things that you have. I mean, there are guys taking quarterbacks early, tight ends early, those kinds of things, and they're deciding to wait on running backs. Chris Carson's that guy that you get in the third or fourth round, and you're saying, hey, I still got a number one running back, and I didn't go that uh, first overall with that that position. Uh, Seattle, their win totals at 10 this year. Um, I was surprised by that number. I'm going under 10. I assume you are as well. Yes, I would go under with them. Um, no doubt about it, maybe closer to seven or eight. Yeah, so I've got it going San Francisco, then the Rams, then the Cardinals, and I think all three of them are very close, and then the Seahawks fourth. And and I think, you think about it, Dad, eight wins and being last in the division, um, that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> but that's the way that I have it shaken out. That's how good this division is, I think at least. So I go San Francisco, LA, Arizona, Seattle. How do you break down the division? Uh, I have the Rams, Arizona, San Francisco, and then Seattle. And you're right. Eight wins, you know, again, they'd be the champions in the NFC East. <laughs> our number four. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Just the West to me is so stacked this year. Um, one of the things to watch for dad is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers last year, his hat that he wore on the sideline had the smallest emblem logo on it. Like it was a black hat with a tiny little square logo on it. It looks like someone ordered it off, off of a website and put in their own image and they didn't put in the proper size and it, and it got like, I don't know. I've never understood the hat. I've never heard anybody else talk about this hat from Kyle Shanahan. But so far this season, he's worn a hat that's been respectable. Um, So I think that's going to change all of the things for San Francisco. Any of their downfalls now are fixed because Kyle Shanahan has the right color or the right kind of hat on uh, this year. Speaking of jerseys, we're done with the NFC West. We're done with the NFL uh, division previews. So make sure you go back and listen. If you missed any episodes, uh, you go back and check those out. We cover the East first, then the North, then the South, and of course today the West. So if you missed any of those previews, make sure you go get the uh, Sports Stove podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and get caught up on those episodes. Dad, the Green Bay Packers came out with a throwback jersey uh, it's uh, all green with some yellow stripes and colors. The helmet's all yellow, uh, Packer yellow, not the weird brownish yellow and the other throwbacks. Both of us are high on these jerseys. Um, 
I think it just is way better than their other throwback jerseys. You agree? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it's one of the better throwback jerseys, probably the best one they've had. I think everybody's really excited about it. I think the fan base, some of the other ones, you know, you kind of looked at it like, what exactly are we doing here? And uh, this just fits in. It's got all the right colors. And, you know, it's got the big stripes from back in the 50s. And um, I think they'll be excited to wear it. And uh, Mike, they'll sell a lot of them. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, We're going to continue talking football next week. Uh, We've got two new episodes coming next week, and uh, both of those episodes are going to be football-centric. We're planning on bringing in some guests. One episode will be fantasy football. Uh, We're going to talk about draft strategies. We're going to argue tight ends and how they should be ranked. I'm sure we'll argue some quarterbacks as well. Um, uh, Joe from Belly Up Sports put out a uh, top 12 fantasy quarterbacks article on bellyupsports.com. The first half of the list was fine. The second half was whack. Uh, So we're going to try to get Joe on to talk about uh, top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy football. We're going to talk other fantasy um, uh, people, who you should take number one. As we talk about running backs, we'll talk about, like I said, the draft strategies. When do you take a quarterback? When do you take one of those tight ends that are at the top of the list? Those kinds of things. We're going to talk about all those things in one episode. In the other episode, we're planning on having more guests just to talk about football, the football season in general, and looking forward to hearing some other thoughts and opinions on that as well. A reminder, starting September 1st, the Sports Stove Podcast is going to be dropping one episode a week. It'll come out on Wednesday mornings called the Sports Stove Local Hour. Everything in those episodes is focused on University of Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky University's athletics. Um, I'll be at all the Eastern Kentucky home games this year and uh, covering the team. So I'll be giving a lot of things out there. And then, of course, talking Kentucky football as they named their starting quarterback with Will Levis. Joey Gatewood enters the transfer portal and heads off to US, uh, USF, uh, UCF, excuse me. And then um, and then even Terry Wilson, the old Kentucky quarterback, gets named the starter at New Mexico. So a lot of things happen, and we're going to cover all of that and more September 1st, the Sports Stove Local Hour, and then every Wednesday following that, uh, uh, covering all local sports there as well. Dad, any closing thoughts as we've con- uh, concluded the NFL division previews? No, it'll be interesting, of course, see how it shakes out and see how it starts. Uh, one thing I noticed, you talked about IPM being pest professionals. I may ought to give them a call and see if there's anything they can do for bears and Vikings because they're really a pest. <laughs> they're not going to be as pesty this year, I don't think. Maybe the bears coming up, but nonetheless. Coming up next on Unhinged Radio, stay tuned for Schwartz on Sports. Uh, if you're listening to us, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram at Sports Stove. Thank you for listening. If you missed any part of today's episode, you can catch the entire podcast by listening to the Sports Stove Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.